All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, let's get into the word. Uh, today, I've got an awesome word for you. Uh, it's a teaching, and we're going to spend some time going deep into God's word. So I want you uh, to get your book, get your Bible. I want you to take notes today because um, this word uh, is, is a dimensional word. Uh, and uh, I really feel like God is going to release something new uh, in your life. But before we get in uh, to the word, that time, of, that testimony time was just absolutely phenomenal. The worship was so powerful. The testimonies were so powerful. The Bible says that the, that the, that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And this is such a, a powerful statement because every time uh, Jesus and his activities or his acts in our life uh, is testified about, it releases a spirit of prophecy. And what we were doing, the reason why we take our time uh, in our service uh, to really talk about Jesus acting out his in his power in, in our in our lives is because we want to release a spirit of prophecy over the world. Uh, we want to broadcast a spirit of prophecy because what God has done, he will do it again. When people are conscious of the spirit of prophecy in their life, it doesn't matter what the theme of your story is, what the need of your life is. The minute you attach it's the, your faith to the spirit of God, to the spirit of prophecy, God's power begins to move in a mighty way in your life. You know, I'm reminded of uh, this time when Jesus was walking uh, on the street. He was walking down the street and there were, the Bible says that there were so many people around him that touched him. But there was something different about a, a woman's touch. It wasn't that there were guys around him and a woman touched the hem of his garment and he knew that, oh, another gender touched me. It wasn't about that. But it was about a woman who had faith. She had faith in Jesus that if she would touch the hem of his garment, she would be healed. There's something about Faith in this season, faith in God, faith in Jesus that God responds to. The Bible says that faith pleases God. Not, not, not your prayers pleases God, not your time of read Bible reading pleases God, and not your worship time pleases God. We do all of that because we have faith in God. We have faith in Jesus. You don't need permission for your breakthrough. You need faith in Jesus for your breakthrough. You don't need permission from God to receive a breakthrough. You need faith in order to receive a breakthrough. And I wanted to say that before we start the word, because I want you to understand what I'm doing today. I'm releasing a new revelation and I need you to receive it with faith in your life. And every time you respond in this revelation with faith to God, he begins to release a new dimension, a new realm of possibilities in your life. And I want you to open your Bible to Matthew chapter 13. And we'll read a couple of verses in the beginning. And then I'll, we'll go to the, uh, to the place that I want to spend more time on. <clears throat> All right. So verse 1 says this. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. And a great and great multitudes were gathered together to him, so that he got into a boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables. Okay, I want us to stop there. And I want you to go straight to verse 45. 
Matthew chapter 13, verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Okay? Now, the reason why I moved to this portion of scripture, this parable, is because I want to talk about the pearl of great price today. Okay? That's the title of my message, The Pearl of Great Price. So he sits by the shore and the multitudes become so much that he gets into a boat and he starts teaching them. And Jesus now is teaching them parables. Okay? Parables is a very important concept in the Word of God. Okay? And Jesus used parables not to explain something, but actually hide something. Okay, so, so he spoke many things. You must understand the, the Bible, the context of what I'm about to teach he, he is very important. He, he spoke many things. He taught them many things in parables. Okay, which means the parable contained many truths. It contained, many, it contained wisdom that was not openly spoken by Jesus. Okay, so he hid things in parables. A parable is a um, a familiar idea that is placed next to a, an unfamiliar idea so that the person who is listening understands the unfamiliar idea. Jesus used parables because he hid an unfamiliar idea, right? So he's presenting a familiar idea, but actually he wants you to understand the unfamiliar idea. So he's not trying to make it easy. He's trying, to, he's trying to say, hey, there are people who are, who are foolish enough to believe God that the power of the Holy Spirit would reveal the unfamiliar idea to me. That's what he, he, he's saying. He's pre- trying to present, he's trying to reveal, not to those who think they, ha- they know it all. He's trying to reveal certain truths to people who who depend on God, who put their faith in God, saying, God, I I need to understand, I need to go deeper in my understanding of your word. So would you reveal your word to me? And God, through the Holy Spirit, begins to reveal truths, wisdoms, dimensions. He begins to reveal realms through his word. Now, there are many aspects of a parable that reveal the hidden message to the one who seeks God. In this case, Jesus is presenting an unfamiliar idea of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven that he came to establish on the earth, which means people were familiar with earthly kingdoms, but they were not familiar with the heavenly kingdom, right? And so because of that, Jesus had to embed an unfamiliar idea of or an unfamiliar familiar concept of the kingdom of heaven, but presenting it with a familiar idea of the kingdoms of the earth. So he would, uh, he would make statements like, oh, uh, there was a man who went out to sow seed. Or, he would, or he, would, he would talk about the weather, or he would talk about uh, the birds, and we talk about the grass or the flowers in the, in the field. He would use natural things to define or reveal heavenly things. Okay? But if you were to interpret 
parables with natural, literal interpretations, then your interpretation will be, or the revelation will be foundational. You must understand what I'm, what I'm trying to say right now. Whenever you have a parable, in the parable is two ideas. One idea is natural. Another idea is from heaven. It's an unfamiliar idea. So Jesus would use the familiar idea to reveal something that is unfamiliar. But every time you use the natural things to interpret what God is trying to say, then your, the revelation that you receive, the wisdom that you receive from that parable is very foundational. Okay, so in this parable of the pearl of great price, Jesus is saying the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. Now, I want you to stop there now. I want to show you this in the scripture. He says again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant. It's not a merchant, but it's like one. What I'm trying to say here is that if you use, if you think that God or Jesus is a merchant and his way of doing business is that when he found, finds one pearl of great price, he sells all the pearls, he sells everything that he has to get that one pearl. It doesn't really communicate the heart of God. Now, there have been there have been many people who have taught from this passage or this parable and they've said um, uh, things like, uh, you know, you are the pearl of great price and Jesus left heaven. He left all his glory and he came down to the earth and he died on the cross. He paid a huge price to receive you into the kingdom of God. You are that pearl of great price. So I'm not disputing this interpretation Okay, uh, but I would like to present a deeper meaning because God's word was not written only to a new believer's mind. You must understand that God's word was also written to people who are maturing in the kingdom of God. The same passage that, that you would present to a new believer, the mindset or the interpretation that you have for a new believer is not the same interpretation to a believer who's maturing. So I'm talking to people who today who are, who are, who are, who are, who are new in the faith, who are still, who are just started believing Jesus. This is, this interpretation is for you. You are the pearl of great price. Jesus did pay a huge price for you and he gave his life for you so that you could come into the kingdom of God and you can be a son and a child and a daughter of God. That, I'm not disputing it. But I'm just saying that there's a deeper meaning to this parable than what has been presented to us before. Here, if we understand that God, if God is a merchant and we use the lens, a merchant is a natural thing, is a natural business. And if you look at a merchant and in this description, we look at a merchant, he sells all his things. He, he pays a huge price. He gets rid of all of his things and takes all that money and buys only one pearl. 
When I look at the nature of God, when I, when I see the kingdom of God, when I interpret this script, this parable through the, through the lens of the kingdom, I don't see God as a merchant who sells all his pearls to get one pearl. He's a good father. The natural way of thinking about this season, for example, is is that, oh, you know, God, uh, this season that has come in my life, it's come because God wants to do something good through my life. He's going to use this season to make something good in my life. I fail to understand how a good father would allow something bad to come into your life and then make something good out of it. It just doesn't make sense because, see, we need to understand that Jesus, when we're interpreting through the lens of the kingdom of God, Jesus came to reveal a good father, reveal a father who's not angry, reveal a father who loves you and wants to do things for you. And so here we see, he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. It's plural, pearls. He's looking for many pearls, not just one pearl. He's looking for many pearls. But then when he, when he finds this one pearl, he sells all he has to get that one pearl. Now, you, we must understand that if we look at the lens through the natural lens, the interpretation is that God gets rid of all that he has, which means all the pearls that he had before. If you were a pearl and you were saved in the kingdom of God, he, got, he sold you now to get that one fresh new pearl in his life. It just doesn't make sense. But if you look at it in the kingdom of God, it's a little different. Because what Jesus is trying to present is that God is not a merchant, but God is a seeker. And that's what I want to present to you right now. That in this parable, it's the seeking nature of the merchant that Jesus wants to present. If you look at it with the natural lens, you look at it with the literal natural lens, the interpretation, you'll think, oh, God is a merchant. But if you look at it through the kingdom lens, you'll see that God is seeking beautiful pearls. It's the seeking nature of God the Father that Jesus wants to present. So where's this in the scripture? Well, if you go to John chapter 4, Jesus is talking to the Samaritan woman at the well. And he tells her, hey, God, and it's about worship, right? It's about worship. So when he, when he says to her, hey, the hour is coming. When it's not about where, which mountain or which temple you will worship. Why? Because God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. For God is seeking those. God is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, just a little basic about praise and worship. Praise is a response to God's acts in my life. Every time God acts in my life, every time we testify, we're responding to God acting in our life. It releases a spirit of prophecy and it begins to multiply over over and over again. But worship is a little different. Worship is my response to who God is to me. It's, my, it's a response to who God is to me. Which means if I, a worship is not about singing, ladies and gentlemen. Although singing is an expression. 
of my response. I know him. And because I know him, I've experienced him in my life. When I sing, I sing from a place of knowing him. That's a response of worship to God. You can be a painter and you can paint your your response to God. And God loves the expression, but he's looking for worshipers. Why? Because worshipers are those who respond to him. Now, you must understand, keep in mind what is happening now. Okay, he's coming, he's looking, he's seeking for pearls. He's seeking for, for people who will respond to him. People who respond to God create pearls. Very important that you understand this. It's not, it's not, you are not the pearl of great price, but you are the one who produces the pearl of great price that God is looking for. This is a very, very important revelation. The kingdom mindset of doing things is that God is not looking, he's not materialistic. He's looking for something that you can reproduce, something that you can manifest, something that is very natural in you that he's given you for you to reproduce. This is a phenomenal revelation. So when I when I was studying for this message, I, I, of course, I had to study what a pearl how how a pearl is formed and so when i when i went into uh when i was reading about it uh, i wanted to know how a pearl was formed okay now everybody uh, pay attention now again you there is a natural way of looking at it and there's a kingdom way of looking at it okay so uh, the natural way of looking at it is uh, hey the pearl uh, you know when 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 the when whether it's an oyster or a, or a clam or whatever it is it's a shellfish whenever the shellfish is feeding uh, it opens the shell and it allows things to come in okay and sometimes they, they so what some people say is a grain of sand or a foreign object that gets into the the shellfish and it gets between the mantle the the muscle and the shell. And so because it gets in between that and it can't remove it, it becomes an irritation, okay? And so now the pearl uh, the, or, the, uh, or, the, or the shellfish or the oyster, let me, let's just say it's an oyster, okay? The oyster begins to secrete a substance called nacre. And this nacre begins to coat that grain of sand or that foreign substance. And over a period of time, that thing which is an irritation, okay, becomes into a beautiful pearl. Now, the natural way of looking at it, and this is what people have always said, and people are still saying, uh, is that, oh, this season that we're in, you know, this virus and this pandemic, this is an irritation. This is an irritation in my life. I can't go to the movies. I can't go to the restaurant. I can't, I'm sitting at home. I'm irritated. I'm watching TV. How much TV do I watch? I can't drive my car. I have to wear a mask. I have to wear gloves. It's like I can't even itch. I can't even do, I can't scratch. I can't do anything. I have to wear gloves. It's like, it's like I'm completely, this, is, this season is an irritation. But brother, <laughs> the butt brother has to come in and the preachers are preaching it with enthusiasm but God will use this season of irritation and will develop a pearl in your life <laughs> sorry it's just absolutely funny God will take this irritation of this season and you know he will develop a pearl and then you'll produce pearls I want to tell you I'm not disputing this revelation it is possible It is possible, but there's a deeper meaning to what is happening to us. If I were to look at it with the lens of the kingdom, 
Why would a good father send a virus into my life for me to develop a pearl that he's looking for? It just doesn't make sense. It does not add up. We must understand that the, if you look through the Bible, if you look at the nature of the enemy, the nature of the devil, Jesus describes him best. And he says, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The nature of the enemy from the book of Genesis is that he has always come to steal, kill, and destroy. He does not come to give you something so something good happens in your life. And we have allowed this revelation. Christians have tolerated the works of the devil in their life by saying, oh brother, you know, this season God wants me to develop something good. And they've tolerated the works of the devil and the devil has played havoc in their life, stolen from them, killed and destroyed their lives. When God has never allowed a virus or a circumstance in your life to come to you so that you could learn something good from it. This is, you must understand, when, 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 when Christians around the world tolerate the devil's intentions, the devil's plans in their life, nothing good comes out of it. Nothing good comes out of it. But God has given us grace in our lives to develop something good only from something he gives to us. So what is this irritant in our life? What is this thing that causes us to get irritated? To, to, uh, like like, the, like the, the, the shellfish. It, it, it's an irritant in, inside of the shellfish that allows this shellfish to begin to release this substance that causes this pearl uh, to grow. There's a mystery, okay? There's a mystery that you must understand. To understand this parable, Jesus, the disciples came to Jesus and, and they asked Jesus, Hey, Jesus, why are you talking to these people in parables? Why are you talking to them in parables? Can't you just like speak plainly? Why are you doing this? So, so he, Jesus responds in Mark 4 to the disciples and he says about this parable. He says, Hey, if you don't understand the first parable, you will not understand the rest of the parables. In fact, you won't understand any parable. So the, the mystery, Jesus reveals the mystery in the first parable. So I want us to go to the first parable, okay? Verse 3, he says this, Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow seed. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up, but because they had no depth of earth, sorry, verse 5, some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground. Say good ground. Good 
and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Right? So this is the parable. So Jesus is saying, if you want to understand the parable of the pearl of great price, you need to understand the this parable of the sower. And so he goes on to explain the parable and he says, hey, God is the one, God the Father is the one who comes and sows seed. Okay? He sows seed. The pearl needs an irritant into its body, into its life that causes an irritation. God is the one who sows seed. Come on, man. You, I, I hope you're getting it now. This, God doesn't take a season, a bad season, and sows it into you and expects a pearl to come out of you. In fact, he is the one who sows seed. Now, you can be uh, the way, uh, your, your, this soil, the soil of your heart, can be a stony ground. It can be wayside. It can be uh, full of thorns and thistles. The old man is still in that place. It can be there. Or you can be like Life Church Global. It's good ground. If you're Life Church Global, Wherever you are in the world, you're good ground, right? You have the, you have the ability, the God-given ability to produce 30, 60, 100-fold is your portion, right? So when he's saying this, he's saying God is the one who sows the seed. And some of those seed fall on good ground. And this seed goes deep into the, the, the good ground and it bears a harvest, okay? It bears the seed bears a harvest of 30, 60, and 100 fold, which means 100 fold existed in the seed, not in the ground. The ground was just ready to receive. So when we look at this parable, we must look at it as a parallel to what is happening here with the sower. So God is the one who sows his word into the pearl, into the, into the, uh, the shellfish. He is the one who sows that irritant, which is the word of God. I know, I know, I know. Don't worry about it. Just wait. Just wait. He is the one who sows the word into the person. And when he sows the word into that person, if you are good ground, you receive that word and the potential of that seed bears either 30, 60 or 100 fold harvest. And God is looking for the harvest. He's not looking for the shellfish. He's looking for pearls, beautiful pearls. But those beautiful pearls come because of the word of God in us. Now the word of God in us begins to irritate us, really. I mean, oh my gosh, have you ever received a word and, and went to sleep and everything was okay? No, it's not. You would, be, you would be foolish to receive a word of God and think you can. your life was just the same as it was yesterday. The word of God goes into you and it irritates you. It never you. It, in fact, it hurts you. It hurts your old nature because the word of God begins to uh, uh, go inside and just create this damage 
<laughs> it creates a holy damage of the old things and so that now God gives has given each one of us grace in this season. He's given us grace from when the day you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are brought into the kingdom. He released grace over you. And when he released his grace over you, when the word of God comes and sits on the inside of you and begins to irritate your old man, irritates that guy that is that, that the flesh that is still uh, you know suffering is still irritating that on the inside grace is released and that grace is that substance called necro and that grace begins to coat the word of god in you every time you receive the word every time you understand it and you apply it in your life grace begins to flow over that word and it begins to flow over and over again every time you apply the word in your life grace begins to increase and increase and increase till what is left is a beautiful pearl of great price you're the one paying the price <laughs> you're the one paying the price the pearl the shellfish pays a price it's suffering man jesus never said that it's going to be easy but this suffering produces something that god is looking for in your life if you can get this revelation i'm telling you it will completely change the way you look at the word of god every parable begins god begins to reveal his heart for you his heart for you is for you to be glorious he's looking for a vessel He's looking for a body who will produce glory. Come on, somebody. This is phenomenal. And so he, he says here, and again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. Wow, beautiful pearls. There's potential pearls on the inside of you. From the time you got saved, you've been going to church and you've been listening to the word and the word of God is on the inside of you. This word of God is the irritant it's that foreign substance that was in heaven ha <laughs> that came down to the earth it's that foreign substance that you have no control over let me show you in the scripture if you go to hebrews chapter 4 right if you go to hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 it says this for the word of god is living Oh my goodness, let's just stop there right now. That that is enough for for this moment. The word of God is living. This foreign substance is not dead. The virus, this covid whatever something uh, 1920 whatever whatever it is, that substance that virus does not have life in itself. It's a dead object. But it looks for a host that is alive that can empower it. So it's a complete opposite to the nature of God. The God seed is a life-giving seed. The virus is dead. It only gives death. But the but the but the gift of God is life, eternal life. And so he gives you a seed. Yes, it irritates, brother, but it is living. It's not a it doesn't give you death, it gives you life, right? So for the word of God is living and powerful come on now this is not a, the word of god is not something that that you can uh, uh that you can just say oh you know you can have power over it you can't have power over it because you decide to have power over it and uh, you can you can train your mind to have power over the word of god and god's word works for you let me let me explain something to you 
This word of God is very powerful. In fact, the word of God carries the power of God on the inside of it. A tiny little seed. This word that you're receiving right now is more powerful than any atom bomb on the planet. That's right. This word has the, is so powerful that it can literally uh, separate your, your joints. Read, read on further. Let me tell you. It, the, the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Just think, ladies and gentlemen, when you're receiving word on a, on a Friday or a Sunday when you go to church and you're, you're actually receiving a sword into your heart. You're not receiving a crown. You're not receiving, uh, you know, a McDonald's burger or KFC bucket. You're, you're not receiving a crown upon your head. You're receiving a sword into your heart. It is not easy. It is an irritating thing. The word of God doesn't come to make you comfortable. In fact, he comes to make you uncomfortable. We've, we've looked at this as, oh, Jesus, you know, he's such a sweet guy. No, man, Jesus is the word. He's not a sweet guy. Let me tell you something. He comes to do damage. <laughs> he comes to change everything. That, every place that you allow the word of God to go into, the minute it goes in, it starts cutting. It starts chopping. I mean, he goes to it. He goes to work. Right? Two-edged sword. You know, I cut meat. I enjoy cutting meat. I enjoy cutting vegetables. I know it's hard to believe, but yes, I do. I, love, I enjoy, we enjoy, Kelsey and I enjoy cooking. Uh, and I love cutting things. But you know, we look for the sharper side to cut, you know, things. But the word of God is sharp both sides. <laughs> it's sharp both sides. So wherever it goes, it just pierces both sides. It's not like one side is both sides that get affected by it. But, but he's saying, Sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit. Wow, this is powerful. The the word of God, when the word of God gets into you, it divides your, your mind, will and emotions from the spirit. Why does it divide your mind, will and emotions from the spirit? It's because your mind, will and emotions need to learn to submit to the spirit. The reason why it's powerful is because it, it, it is more powerful than your mind. People say, well, the mind of a man is just so powerful. Nothing doing. It's not more powerful than the spirit of God, than the word of God on the inside of you. The mind of Christ is dominant on the inside of you. It's not submissive. The mind of Christ is dominant. And then it says this, even to the division of the soul and the spirit and the joints and marrow. It's not joints and marrow in, in the mind. It's joints and marrow of your body. You must understand what he is saying. The word of God is so powerful that it can, it can, um, it, it can remove your shoulder out of its socket. You, you want to know what I'm saying? You show me in the Bible? You should ask Jacob. Jacob in the Bible who wrestled with the angel of the Lord. When he wrestled with the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord touched his hip and his hip was out of socket for the rest of his life. It wasn't like, oh, okay, okay, touch a socket and comes out. Ah, now, you know, I prove, I prove to you who I am. Okay, now let me put it back. No, he limped for the rest of his life. It was a painful thing. But from Jacob came Israel. 
We must look at it through the lens of the kingdom. We were like, oh, you know, we have to also walk with the limp. And every time we walk with the limp, <laughs> we, we also have promises that, no, come on, that's, that's foundational interpretation. But if you want to mature, you want to, you want to develop a maturity with God, you've got to interpret scripture according to the lens of the kingdom. And that's what I want to present to you today. I mean, look at it. Joints and marrow is a discerner of thoughts and the intent of your heart. The word gets on the inside of you and he begins to tell you what is in your heart. Some of us don't want to listen to what the word has to say because we want to do what we want to do. But I'll tell you that word is living. He's active. He is sharp. He gets on the inside and he is cutting and he's cutting and he's cutting. Everything that was powerful, this is prophetic now over your life. Everything that was powerful in the flesh over your life, the minute you receive the word of God on the inside of you, it will begin to cut. It will begin to loose everything that was holding you down. Everything that made you a slave will become your slave. In the name of Jesus, I release that word over you right now. He began to discern the, the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You know, it's so amazing that we under, if we understand that the word of God comes to not just become an irritant in your life. It irritates the things of the old man. It irritates the thing, the complacency of the new man. It begins to irritate that because every time we like settling, we don't like maturing, we don't like growing. To mature, it requires you to pay a price. You must understand that. And so the word of God comes on the inside of you and he begins, it's that element that allows the grace of God to be released in your life. The grace of God is not released because you think it needs to be released. The, word, the grace of God is released in your life when you apply the word of God in your life. This is very powerful for you to understand, right? Let me show you, give you another example of, of this. Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 is praying. And he says, God, there's this thorn in my flesh. I hope you remember that. There's a thorn, this thorn in my flesh. Take away this thorn. And God says, my grace is sufficient for you. What does that mean? A lot of people have, have speculated that, oh, you know, Paul, Paul had, a, uh, had a person who, 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 who were constantly accusing him. Oh, Paul had, you know, sin habits in his life. Paul was bald. Oh, you know, Paul was this, Paul was that. And there's, there's a lot of speculation according to natural interpretation. But if you understand this Scripture. If you understand this revelation and the lens through the kingdom that we're looking at, I believe that Paul had the word of God that was really painful on the inside of him. And I'll show you what he says later on about the word and why he, he should suffer. But God says, my grace is sufficient for you. The grace of God comes into your life to not only develop the pearl, but also to develop you. you when, when, I, when I was reading about the pearl, it says that uh, the pearl uh, is formed by this substance called the nacre. And when this substance of nacre is released, it also matures. It, it's the same substance that is used for the shell of that, of that shellfish. 
of the oyster. It's the same substance. The substance that creates the pearl is the same substance that creates the body of that shellfish that protects it. Okay? It's the same substance. The grace of God. It's the same substance. The word of God. And so, so now, you, you, if, you, if you understand it with the lens of the kingdom, what, what, what Jesus is trying to say to us is this. He's saying, whenever the word of God comes on the inside of you, right, it, and, and, and it begins to create an irritation and the grace of God comes over your life, yes, it does create the pearl, but it also transforms the body that the pearl is in. It transforms the body that the, that the pearl is in. So the same substance has two different expressions. Come on. The same substance that creates something beautiful like a pearl creates something as robust as, a sh- as the shell of that shellfish. It's two different expressions, but it's the same compound. We, 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 we look at the, we, we pay a lot of money for a thing called the mother of pearl. What is the mother of pearl? It's the same substance that creates the pearl. It's just the mother. <laughs> but, it's the, but it's the inside coating of the, of the shell. But that's what God is trying to say to us. And Paul says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to God. Jesus says this, in the Gospels, he's, he's talking about pearls again. And he says, don't throw your pearls before swine. Why? It's because they won't value what you're giving them. They will trample it under their foot and they will just walk away. Why? is these pearls, ladies and gentlemen, is meant to be your offering to God. It is something that you give to God. It's something that you produce out of the grace of God in your life and you offer it to God. Just think about about Jesus. How many times Jesus in the Gospels is talking about about a, a man who had a vineyard? Right? And then he, he bought a vineyard and he brought these laborers to come in and work the vineyard. And then he went away to a foreign country. But he said he's come he after a while he sent servants back to ask for the goods or the fruit from the vineyard. Which means God is looking for something that you can produce. Yes, he's given you the word, but he's going away, and he, but he's coming back to ask for something that you should be giving him. It's very important that you understand this. He, he talks about um, the, 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 the rich man who gave his uh, servants the five talents, the five talents, the, the, the two talents and the one talent. And he comes back later and he says, what have you done with my talent? What have you done with, with the gifts that I've given you? What have you done with the word that I've given you? Come on, somebody. This is very powerful. What have you done with the word that I've given you? Because he expects pearls out of you. It's not a, this, this parable is not, for, it's not a, a feel-good parable. Oh, Jesus is looking for pearls. Oh, how sweet. No, this is a stewardship parable. It's about stewardship. I've got to steward something that God has put on the inside of me. Now I've got to manifest it and give it to him as an offering. Well, you can be a musician, but that ability to play the music 
to play music is a word that God gave you. He embedded that on the inside of you. Yes, you as a musician, you have to go through the suffering of playing hard on those strings and hurting your fingers. But someday, something beautiful is going to come out of you that God gets glory out of. You can look at it as, as photography. You can look at it as video. You can look at it as painting. You can look at it as, as a business. Whatever God has given you, he expects something out of it. So the, the same word that produces something precious is the same word that transforms the body. We must understand that. If you, if you want to mature in the kingdom of God, we, we, this, is the, this is the way God is revealing. Jesus wanted to, he's revealing what God is looking for in the kingdom. He's saying, okay, yes, you're in the kingdom of God now. Great, awesome. What are you going to do about it? There is a purpose to your life. It's not just, just living, okay, I'm in the kingdom, I can't wait to go to heaven. No, 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 while you're on the earth, he expects something out of your life. And so God is looking, ladies and gentlemen, God is looking for a body that reproduces glory. Must understand that. That is something that you have to understand and accept as a, as a part of a maturing believer in Jesus Christ. He's looking for a body that can manifest glory on the earth. His glory on the earth. You cannot take a bad season and bring glory to God from it. You cannot take a virus and bring out and manifest glory that is honorable to God. You've got to take God himself. It takes a seed of God on the inside of you to produce glory. It, it, when that seed begins to get on the inside of you and it does, ah, irritates, it creates it and you allow that word to germinate on the inside of you and you apply that word in every circumstance in your life. That's when the grace of God begins to flow and it begins to produce glory. He makes you glorious. That word begins to create, it begins to transform your physical body, but also on the same time, it begins to create a glory that is, that is not revealed on the outside. Come on, this is very powerful. You must understand that. There's something on the inside of you that the world cannot see, but God sees. It's something of himself that he is seeking. He is seeking. The Bible says that he looks throughout the earth, two and four, for those who worship. Those who worship. What is worship? Worship is, is, is something that I respond to God based on my knowledge of him, my experience of him. He's looking for people who just don't do things, but do respond to him. Every time you respond to him, you begin to produce glory. I want you to turn with me to Colossians chapter 1 and I want us to read from verses 24 to 28 and I'm going to read from the voice translation. Verse 24 says this, Now I rejoice in what I've suffered on your behalf, but even more suffering is ahead for me as I take on and complete what remains of the anointed's suffering for the sake of the body. Okay? Or Paul is saying, hey, listen, I've, I've, I've suffered on your behalf. 
and when, because I've suffered on your behalf, it's benefited the body of Christ. It's benefited your body, which means every time Paul suffered, the, dis, the, the people in the church benefited from them, right? So you must understand how the body functions. We're all part of the body. Everybody's a part of the body. When the hand suffers in the kingdom of God, when the hand begins to suffer, the rest of the body begins to benefit and reproduces glory. Okay, so that's what he's saying. He's saying the anointed's work is not yet complete. Jesus, yes, he finished his work on the cross, but not every single person knows about a mystery. And I want to read verse 25. He says, I am a servant appointed by God to preach the word of God until it is known to you and all over and what I'm talking about is nothing less than the mystery of the ages what was hidden for ages generations and generations is now being revealed hallelujah to his holy ones he decided to make known to them his blessings to the nations the glorious riches of this mystery is the indwelling of the anointed in you, the very hope of glory. Now, what he's trying to say in this is there's been a mystery from time began. And that mystery, God would reveal it a little bit in the Old Testament. He would reveal it by rescuing Israel from Egypt. He, he would be with them. He would do miracle signs and wonders. He would manifest his glory, but he was invisible. He was invisible. Nobody knew him personally. And he never dwelt in man personally, individually. And so, so over the ages, the mystery could not be, the enemy could not figure it out, neither could man figure it out until Jesus came. And Paul says, I am preaching Jesus. I'm not preaching anything else. I'm just preaching Jesus. Because every time I preach Jesus, Jesus is the gate through which I understand the kingdom. Jesus is the one that, who is the head who reveals what is in the body. Jesus is the one. Every time I preach Jesus, the wisdom of God is revealed to us. Every time the wisdom of God is revealed to us, like today, the, the revelation has gone deeper. Every time it goes deeper, it means that your potential increases for you to produce glory. You go from 30, 60, 100 fold. Every time we go deeper in revelation of Jesus, the word of God, every time the word of God gets deeper in your life, you have the potential to produce glory, increase the amount of glory over your life. So he's saying this mystery, <coughs> excuse me, from before the ages, is now being revealed. What is that mystery? The indwelling of the anointed in you. This thing that has been hidden for ages is God coming and dwelling in you and I. This is the mystery that's been hidden for ages. It is impossible to even fathom. It is impossible to even... If you're, if you're wise, you won't get it. You need to be foolish to believe it. That's why he hid it in parables. 
because the foolish ones will just believe what God says because they love him because they know him they've experienced him they have they've seen him act in their life they've seen him move in their life they know without a shadow of a doubt you and I know without a shadow of a doubt who God is and what he does in our life Paul is trying to say hey there's a mystery on the inside of you what is that God it's impossible to believe but God dwells in man. God dwells in man and when he dwells in man, he transforms man to finish what he started. Oh, come on. This is the mystery. The mystery is that Jesus, the word of God, comes and lives on the inside of you and begins to transform you by the grace of God he begins to transform you and when he transforms you everything that Jesus should and could have done is your mission now you complete that mission and Paul is saying man I'm uh, for me it's a joy to suffer he's not suffering because of the of the guys beating him they he was smiling he was praising through all the beating you know what the suffering was the word the word hosting carrying the supernatural god on a physical body a body that is meant to fade away carries something that will never fade away oh come on this is so powerful god an immortal god chose to live in a mortal being can you imagine the honor that is given to a mortal being he will not dishonor your 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 mortality by allowing you to fade away and die an immortal god will give your body life and abundant life when he dwells on the inside of you he transforms your physical body to be able to to host more to host more of him every time you receive the word he transforms your body to host more every time you host more of god the pearl begins to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger Jesus says to whom much is given much is required let's read on verse 28 he says we are preaching him nothing else just him i want to encourage you you know don't become a student of paul don't become a student of james peter you know all these people although they were phenomenal they are not jesus I want you to become a student of Jesus. Become a a lover of the word of God. When you become a student of Jesus, you will find him everywhere. When you become a student of the presence of Jesus in your life, the presence of the anointed one on the inside of you, you will allow this suffering becomes it it becomes pleasure it becomes uh, it becomes a reward god i can't this suffering is something that i i will endure because you give me the grace to endure this suffering this suffering where my flesh begins to die and the spirit begins to come alive this is powerful powerful he says we're preaching him spreading the word to all equal amounts of wise warning and instructions so that pay attention to this one at the final judgment we will be able to present everyone to the creator fully mature so he's he's looking at us paul is saying i want to present i'm preaching the word 
I'm giving Jesus. I'm only giving Jesus. I'm not giving anything else. There's no other doctrine. There's no other theology, philosophy, none of that stuff. I don't want to give you any methods or met- anything other than Jesus. We, we as pastors, preachers, teachers, uh, you know, whoever, people who are called to equip the saints, the reason why you're given that office, the reason why you're called into that, that office is because you are called to equip people, to embed the irritant into them. <laughs> That's the way I put it. To take the word of God and embed it into that shellfish. Embedded into that person, that congregation member. We're now, life just global because of this awesome pandemic. We're gone global. We were, we were first taking the word of Jesus and we're embedding it into 400 people and we were doing fine. We were seeing miracle signs and wonders, glory manifesting in our church. It was absolutely fine until God said, okay, you've been faithful with the little now. Let me take you global. Why? It's because it's not about, it's not about, wow, we are, we are, we're now global. Wow, you yeah, look at me. I'm, I'm global. We're global. I'm a global minister. Look at me. Wow, take my autograph. No, no. You don't understand. There's a mission we are on. The mission is the more people that listen to us, we carry the responsibility to present you to the Creator on the day of judgment as fully mature. It's our responsibility to present you to the Creator fully mature. If we continue to read parables according to the, to the, to the literal interpretation of, of the natural things, our, our revelation is very foundational. And there is a lot of foundational teachings and it's not bad, it's very good, you need it. But there comes a point in time where you need to start eating meat. You need to start looking at the scripture through the lens of the kingdom. And you need to see how, how Jesus sees the kingdom of God. Because when you see the kingdom of God the way Jesus sees the kingdom of God, then you will understand that His purpose is now become your purpose. Jesus produced the pearl of great price with His life. It's called salvation. And He presented it to His Father. He presented to the Father blameless, holy, presented to the Father a pearl that fulfilled all righteousness, fulfilled the law and the prophets while He was on the earth. He fulfilled it. He, he accomplished. He suffered on the cross. He su- My God, he, from, from the day He started His ministry, He was suffering. People accusing Him. His own family rejecting Him. But you must understand, we can't look at it as, as a negative thing. We have to look at it as something that is glorious. God has decided to take the anointed one, to take Jesus himself. Every time you receive the word, God takes the word Jesus and he implants Jesus into you. The more you apply Jesus in your life, you begin to develop a glory. Yes, you look different on the outside. You're transformed. Your body's transformed. But on the inside of you, your purpose in life is being fulfilled. The reason why God has given you life is being fulfilled. And this is what 
Paul is trying to present to us. He's saying he wants he able to present everyone to the creator fully mature because of what Jesus the anointed our liberating king has done. It's amazing when we understand what Paul is trying to present to us. What Jesus is trying to present. Paul is presenting Jesus who was presenting the father. I was when I when I was reading about um about the pearl uh, I I stumbled on this story I wanted to know what was the most expensive pearl in the world. And so when I when I stumbled on the story of uh, of a fisherman in the Philippines who found the world's largest pearl. <clears throat> You'll be shocked uh, in a minute. Uh, and this man went fishing and he found a giant clam and in, in inside that clam he found this pearl. This pearl weighed 2 kgs. It was massive. It's the world's biggest pearl. And so our friend the fisherman decided because of a lack of knowledge he didn't know what it was. He took it home to his to his home, put it under his bed and slept on it every night for good luck. He believed in it. That was his foundational understanding. That's his interpretation. That's his foundation. For us it's funny, but trust me the guy believed in good luck and he put it under his bed and he slept and one day his house caught on fire and when his house caught on fire everything was burnt except the pearl good luck <laughs> it worked man it's his interpretation we can't ridicule foundational interpretation that's his interpretation and god blessed it so when the when the authorities came to check on the pearl uh, check on the house and they found this this pearl and they were like what is this they's like i found this in the sea you know in in a clam they were like okay cool this looks very precious so they took it and they estimated that pearl is worth are you ready for this 100 million dollars that fisherman had no idea he was sleeping on a hundred million dollars that is just mind blowing oh dear <laughs> i just uh, we just have to have a pause moment right now <laughs> we, we just need to bless him his foundational thinking this is what happens to christians who are foundational in their understanding you you or oh, some people say well you know brother i've been a christian all my life how big is your pearl because you've been receiving the word since you've been a child hallelujah 23 24 years in ministry praise the lord hallelujah you are you've done great where's the pearl because god is going to come to you and ask you show me your maturity a hundred million dollars worth was sitting under his bed that man could have taken it and sold it even for 50 million dollars instead of having a burnt house he could have bought mansions but he did nothing with it what are you doing with the pearls that's on the inside of you what are you doing with the word that you receive every friday you're so excited about life church global online and you're receiving the word wow pastor we become connoisseurs of the word and not applicators of the word Well like oh pastor that was a good word you can say good word i i i receive your encouragement that's not a problem but you know what is my what is my reward 
you know what is Kelsey's reward in the kingdom? Is to take you before God as someone who's fully matured. That God has a plan and purpose for your life and He wants to reveal His glory through you. He, so He takes and He embeds, He impregnates you with the seed of His Son. So that you can now begin, now you can start living. Every time you apply the word in your life, you can begin to manifest the glory of the Son, the glory of Jesus. You might be listening to me today and you, you may be like, I don't know what this guy is on. I don't even know what he's talking about. That's absolutely fine. Try and understand something that is very foundational that Jesus paid a price for you because God has a plan and purpose for your life. Your creator created you for a reason. Let's start with that. What is that reason? It's not just going to heaven. That is the reason. If God wanted you to be in heaven, he wouldn't have sent you to the earth. He wouldn't give you a, a task and the ability and His grace and His gifts and everything. God gives you His gifts, His, His fruit, His grace, His abilities. He gives you everything for you. He, all the blessings in the heavenly places have been given to you. For what? For you to have a good life and go to heaven? Maybe it is. Some of you have enjoyed a good life, but some of you have suffered. Some of your life has been painful, man. But I want to tell you, the more pain, the more suffering, the greater the glory. I want to encourage you that the hope of glory lives on the inside of you. The hope of glory is the pearl of great price. And I want to bless each one of you today you may be listening today and you'll be like, yep, I don't know my purpose in life. I don't know what I'm here for. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. It's just a mess. I'm not producing any glory like you're talking about. I want to tell you that Jesus says in John 3.16, He says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. The reason why you need everlasting life is because God needs a body that can produce glory for as long as possible. So why don't you, wherever you are, in the comment section, just the live chat, just begin to say, hey, I choose to believe in Jesus today. I choose to believe that, that He has a purpose for my life. I choose to believe that, that God sent me on the earth to fulfill and finish preaching the word and giving this seed to as many people as possible. Every person that you preach the gospel to, every person that you give the word of God, this good news to, you're responsible to bring them before God as mature believers, as mature sons of God. We're coming to a season where we look at this pandemic that is going through, not as a, as a curse, but actually 
it doesn't even we don't even have a definition for it let me just say that we don't we don't want to define it it doesn't even bother us because we've got other things that are that are that god is doing on the inside of us which is a blessing to us we must understand that god has given us an option choose this day between life and death if you choose death you'll remain foundational it's absolutely fine it's not a problem but if you want to live longer you got to get mature in the word you've got to get mature in the word you've got to get more of the word on the inside of you yes it is an it it hurts yes it, he, it, you won't recognize yourself month on month trust me there were days when i would apply the word and i would track my growth and i would not remember the things that i did last month or the month before that even 5 years before i don't even remember the stuff that i did because he's constantly cutting the things he's removing he's like edward says a man he's constantly cutting things around you he's like literally edward says a man is the word of god on the inside of you and he's chopping everything to bits and he's creating something a masterpiece out of you that is your portion he wants to make you his masterpiece so right now wherever you are If you want to experience this life of glory if you want to be the one that manifests a higher level of energy a higher level of glory a greater pearl than that ever exists I want you to say this prayer after me say Lord Jesus come into my heart Now I want you to say it like you mean it say Lord Jesus You are the word. Come and live inside my heart. I received this word that was preached today. I know that you have a plan and purpose for my life. And so today, Lord, I surrender my life to you. I surrender my body to you as a living sacrifice. I ask you to make me holy. Make me blameless. Make me righteous before you. Because I know it's not only about receiving blessings. But your purpose in my life is my blessing. So I stand before you God as a nothing desiring to become a something for your glory make me a vessel of your glory in Jesus name and all God's people said amen bless you we love you and we'll see you in a little bit